Hey everyone, it's Catherine. Before we get started with this episode of The Double Shift, I have another podcast I want to tell you about, Kind World. She had embedded this kind of confidence in me, and she built a resilience in me that I believe saved my life. Kind World from WBUR is about how an act of kindness can completely transform someone's life. And I honestly believe this in my heart. This is what I was supposed to do. Kind World. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. In 2018, a very important group stepped into the political spotlight to run for office like never before. Moms with young kids. Being a mother is fundamental to my identity as a candidate. This is The Double Shift, the show about a new generation of working mothers. I'm your host, Katherine Goldstein. Every mother works, and this podcast is about our stories. It's not about parenting or kids. It's about us and challenging the world we live in today. I'm Ashton Clemens, and I'm running for the North Carolina House District 57. In the big picture of the 2018 elections, Ashton wasn't a high-profile candidate. But she was one of the many moms who ran for state office. And I have some pretty burning questions, like how does this actually work for moms with young kids? Because we know that the cute family photos at Victory Speech don't tell the full story. And we're living in a new era of women in politics. Right now, multiple moms are running for president. But if moms are going to keep running for office in 2020 and beyond... We need to start talking about some of the ways it's done. Well, it's nice to meet you. Thanks for voting. Ashton is a 35-year-old mother of three, and she knows how to work a room. Hi. How are you? I'm Ashton Clemens. I'm Sharon. Hi, Sharon. It's nice to meet you. She chats up everyone. Neighborhood security guards, local politicos, teachers in the carpool line. Before running for office as a Democrat in Greensboro, North Carolina, Ashton was the assistant superintendent for a public school district in the area. She was also the principal of one of the lowest performing schools in the state and got its test scores way up. And she didn't let up even when she was super pregnant with twins that weighed eight pounds each. When I was about 31 weeks pregnant, the doctor said, you know, I will write you a note so you don't have to keep going to work. I was like, if there is a medical reason that I need to not work, that's fine. Otherwise, I am going to work. But walking was really painful, actually, at some point. So I would get to my office, sit in my desk chair, and roll my desk chair around the school. Um, I would roll it into classrooms. I would roll it onto the elevator, ride it up, roll it off, just, you know, with my feet rolling because walking around became too painful. Ashton now has a seven-year-old daughter and twin four-year-old sons. And to her, that's an important qualification. I think that the voice of women who are actively mothering is not represented at our state legislature. And so when you talk about the price of preschool and daycare and how that impacts working moms, if you don't have women who are in that, right, like we've paid $2,000 a month to have our kids in daycare while working. So, and if you haven't been in that for 30 years, you don't understand how dramatically more of the paycheck that has become over the past 20 years for moms. 
because I'm looking at a seven-year-old and four-year-olds every day, and I'm thinking about the other four-year-olds across our state and what do each of them deserve, they do deserve pre-K, and they do deserve to go to the doctor if they're sick, and they do deserve their parents to be home with them at night and not working 80 hours a week. But even though Ashton has a lot of ideas about the way things should be, she, like many women, had to be recruited to run. And the recruiter was like, you should do this. And I'm like, oh, no. Mm -mm." You know, that was my first response. 2018 was a big deal in North Carolina because there were some new districts drawn. And Democrats thought there was an opportunity to flip Ashton's district from red to blue. She talked about the idea of running with her husband, Brian. Who said, you know, I don't think opportunities like this come up that often in life. And no, it's probably not the most convenient time. But if this is the time, this is the time. So in 2017, Ashton declared her candidacy. And a few months before the election, she quit her full-time job to throw herself into campaigning. She was amped about the race, even though being a candidate felt a little scary. Running for office is very publicly venerable in a way I don't like to be. To put yourself out there where you know how critical people are of politicians. But the vast majority of people you're spending time with, they don't know those things about you. And they're making a decision about you in about five seconds, right? And so... That's pretty risky. And I worked really hard to get to a a high-level position in my career pretty quickly. Um, And I've kind of let that go to do this, which feels risky. So when I visit Ashton two weeks before the election, Democrats are pretty confident about her race. People feel comfortable that with our race and that I will win. Um, I don't emotionally feel that. So I still feel very nervous. And um, like if I think about election night, you know, I still feel that don't want to be with a bunch of people because I don't feel, you know, as confident as other people feel. She sounds so unlike other politicians. She's real about having the same waves of self-doubt and imposter syndrome that so many women have. But she hasn't let it stop her. And it hasn't stopped a lot of other women from running either. The conversations that we were having with these women is that, you know, they're not running for city council or school board or a state legislative seat because they hate Donald Trump. That's just not the connection they're making. That's Julie McLean Downey, a senior director of campaign communications at Emily's List, a group that trains and raises money for pro-choice Democratic women to run for office. They're running because... They want to fix the lights on the local playground, or they feel like the water quality needs to be addressed. But running for office as a mother with young children was basically taboo for a long time. Prominent politicians like Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, and Ann Richards waited until after their kids were grown before they ran for office. And women who did have little kids, like former Michigan Governor Jennifer Granholm, were often instructed to downplay it with voters. Women who are standing in front of a room making their case for why they deserve to be elected and potential voters in the room raising their hands and saying, but who's going to raise your children? And that's just not a question that male candidates typically get. It's an assumption is being made about what a candidate should be and what a candidate should look like. And it's contrary to what these women embody. You know, they've 
certainly gotten, well, you need to present yourself as um, strong and, and more like how a male candidate would present themselves, or they need to not talk about their children because that would create a view that they're they're not properly parenting or it's it's really uh incredible what these women often have to withstand in the run-up to the election i follow along with ashton as she zigzags between campaign events and carpools with her daughter letty we're driving up to the school pickup line uh, is this, tell me, is this uh, Letty's elementary school? This is. This is Letty's school. And I was actually the principal here when Letty was in kindergarten. So we were here for one year together. Um, yeah, but she's in second grade now. So it's a great school. Hi. Bring them Hi. Thank you. How are you? Good. Hey, you got my ballet bag. I do. In the car, I ask Letty why she thinks people should vote for her mom. You need to vote for her because she's going to help you figure stuff out if you have a problem, and she's going to make good laws. Good laws? What are? Do you have any ideas for what good laws would might be? Um, be kind, don't steal, be fair, and balance I don't know. Those are great ideas. Those are great ideas for laws. Greensboro's population is around 300,000. And when you live in a mid-sized city, even dropping your daughter off at dance class turns into a campaign stop. You gotta go, you gotta go to the polls and vote. Oh, I am. I am. <laughs> Definitely. Early voting yet? Perfect. No, not yet, not yet, but I will be doing that tomorrow. Yay. Well, that's exciting. I know, it's weird. You like... You just do your normal stuff, but then all of a sudden everyone knows your picture. And then yeah. people are like, oh, wait, I know her. I met yeah. her. I see her at the, uh, the cultural arts all the time, yep. picking up a little girl. That's exactly yeah. right. Okay. All right, yeah. well, thank you, guys. Yes, ma'am. Right, thank you. you. All right. Have a great day. Now, I want to take a moment to tell you about our sponsors for this episode. Care of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamins and supplement packs right to your door. This year, make health and wellness a top priority with the help of Care of's monthly subscription vitamin service. Whether you're focused on finding a great prenatal, boosting your energy levels, or getting more sleep, or just generally being healthy, build a vitamin routine that's made just for you. Care of's fun online quiz asks you about your diet, your health goals, and lifestyle choices, and takes only five minutes to find out your personal, scientifically backed vitamin and supplement recommendations. I took the quiz, and it turns out I need more magnesium. Your personalized Care of subscription box gets sent right to your door every month so you don't have to worry about running out, and your personalized daily packs are great for busy, on the go lifestyles. Also, a portion of every sale goes toward the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. I love that. For 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter Double Shift, one word, at checkout. That's TakeCareOf and enter Double Shift for 25% off your first month. 
Okay, now let's change gears and talk about something totally different. If you have a preschooler, I am guessing you have a Paw Patrol fan on your hands. My son is three and a half, and he is a Paw Patrol fanatic. He gave Paw Patrol Valentines to his friends at school this year, and his favorite character is Marshall, although he also likes Zuma the Water Pup. My son and your little dog lover will be excited to know there is a brand new episode out Friday, March 15th on Nickelodeon at 12 p.m. 11 central, featuring Tracker the Jungle Pup, who speaks Spanish. I think it's very cool that the show is including some bilingual exposure for English speakers and more accessibility and representation for Spanish-speaking kids. Your little tracker fan won't want to miss it. Catch a brand new Paw Patrol on March 15th on Nickelodeon at 12 p.m. 11 central, followed by Top Wing at 1230. Tune in. All right, now back to the show. So we're now back at Ashton Clemens's house, and I'm chatting with her when her babysitter comes home with Ashton's twin boys, Briggs and Beck, who she just picked up from daycare. Can you say hi, Beck? This hi. is Beck. Hi. They are doing, um, interviewing me. Did you get ready? Was I supposed to get ready? Yes, from ballet. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. On the email is set, pick the boys up. Oh, gosh. Sorry. Okay. What time is it? 4.35. Okay. Let me call then. Yeah. Will you go grab her? The boys can stay here. From, um, from ballet. Yep, a total scheduling mishap. The babysitter forgot to pick up Letty from ballet, so she's sitting there waiting for someone to come get her as we do our interview. Can huh? Can sure. See, here you go. Mom failing. It's not a failure. It's just all part of the process. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of it, but it is not a good, not good. Huh? Yes, you can have one. The reason I can't help myself from chiming in is because we have all been there, except a lot of mothers don't want to talk about it or get quote unquote caught with this happening. And if they do, a lot of moms beat themselves up. Ashton's husband, Brian, is super involved with family logistics. But when it comes down to it, Ashton is still keeping track of all of the moving parts. The moment of like, all the logistics of the family that we just witnessed, like that sort of reminded me this idea that even when both parents are so involved, so often it's the mother who has the mental checklist oh, yeah. about everything. Like you knew immediately as she walked in, like, where's Letty? She's supposed to be with you. Like you didn't miss a beat. What has been your experience with the, the mental checklist now that you're running for office? I think it's just more. I mean, there's just more on the checklist and it's less routine. Do you feel like you can offload the checklist or is the checklist always with you? No. Can any woman offload the checklist? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I wish. I wish I could. Um, and I think that's a major difference in my husband and I. And, and you know, I think he figures it out for sure. Um, but he he's not – he doesn't – it doesn't occupy this part of his brain in the way it does mine. Um, and he doesn't own it in the same way. You know, like, I'm the one sending the email, he's responding, then I'm getting the babysitters and, do, you know, doing all of those pieces. And it's not to say he doesn't do a whole lot. He does. Um, it is different, though, I think. 
So every mom I know is stressed about being a good mom. No mom, no mom is sitting there like, I got this. I've got all of this, you know. But that's how that's how we feel we have to portray ourselves. So I think society, historically, all of those things have created this pressure to feel that way. Same as, um, sorry. Come here, buddy. Yep, hang on just a second. Um, I just see so many women feeling like they're failing that are incredible. And it breaks my heart. It does. And we feel that. We I feel those. I mean, you know. Um, so it's not to say I don't feel those, but how can we help lift each other up and how wonderful working moms are being across the world? <laughs> Did you get that? That was kind of perfect. <laughs> But one thing that's made being a mom running for office a little bit easier is that Ashton does get support. There's a group of first-time Democratic women running for assembly seats in North Carolina, and some of them have young kids too. Ashton remembers one particular moment when she turned to them. You know, again, another day I hadn't really seen anybody, and um, I went in to give back a kiss good night and he was asleep holding my palm card which is like the thing you hand out to people to vote for you yes asleep like clutching it to his chest yeah it was terrible that was an example I was like you guys I'm drowning in mom guilt tonight and then they're all you know rise to the occasion and there's a validation of that because so many of them are doing the same thing and not many of them this is hard you know that is hard that you had to see that but then the encouragement of he's better for having a mom who's doing those things. And you are fighting for him and for the other kids of our state. Um, one of them said, you're just the mom he needs and deserves. And you're like, that validation, um, you know, brings tears to my eyes now. And in that moment, it was, I was, it was enough to say, okay, this is, <laughs> this is a piece of it. Keep it moving. And my husband was like, Ashton, it's not a big deal. That's how he saw it. And, and, that may be, but you, it felt, it didn't feel that way, right? And so to have women who could understand where I was coming from, because they are also sacrificing so much with their children, that to say this is hard, this is still, you're, you're still the mom that he needs, you know, was, is great. Good evening, I'm Judy Woodruff. On the news hour tonight, it is election day. Voters across the country head to the polls with control of Congress and many state houses at stake. Finally, on election night, Ashton is waiting for the returns to come in at home with a couple of friends she invited over. Her husband, Brian, is the ringmaster of bedtime, getting the kids bathed and chasing their daughter down to brush her wet hair. The kids are all wearing an assortment of vintage Obama t-shirts and new Ashton Clemens t-shirts. Watching Brian in action made it clear that it's not just about women stepping up to run. It's also about rearranging how some families make it work so that men hold up their end of the partnership. Here's Brian. This process has probably made me a, a you know a much better dad. Uh, just really kind of enjoying that time, that my time with the kids is... It's been really cool. I've gotten to know them a little bit better, and uh, they're at a cool age, so it's just been a lot of fun. Uh, I think as far as the uh, you know the election goes, we're we've, we've had a lot of political conversations and learned a lot about each other, so that's been a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of political conversations. What does that mean? Uh, well, I'm a Republican.
The 2018 election brought plenty of good news for Democrats around the country and right here in North Carolina. State Democrats were particularly thrilled about breaking the Republican supermajority in the state house. After months of campaigning, the late nights, the canvassing, at 9 p.m. on election night, the results are clear. Ashton won. Cheers! Cheers! Cheers. Say something, but I don't know what, and I'm sure I'll cry. Um, but there has nothing been nothing in my life where I have grown more than this, and I only felt able to do it because of all of y'all um, making me feel like I could. So, so I'm gonna say thank you for everything. Cheers! Cheers! Cheers. Okay. One of her twins chimes in to clarify what's really going on. But I feel we're done running, yes. You won? We won. You won? Yeah. You could have done a new job. New job. <laughs> yep. 35-year-old mother of three, Ashton Clemens, a woman who, a couple of years ago, hadn't considered running for office, just got elected to the North Carolina General Assembly. And November 6, 2018, was a big night for moms across the country getting new jobs. This is not a wave. This is a sea change. That's Julie McLean Downey again from Emily's List. We did not just see this phenomenon of women running for office happen only at the congressional level. We saw it down ballot at the state legislative level. We saw it in mayoral races. We saw it in city council races. Uh, And we saw it from women who maybe weren't ready to run for office this cycle, but said, I want to make this part of my life plan. I want to get myself to a place where I'm ready to run in two, four, six years. Do you think the success of women like Ashton in, in winning her race will encourage more mothers to run for office in the future? Absolutely. Ashton is such an exciting case. I just think that she ran a really strong campaign and it shows that you don't have to have a a quote unquote traditional background to run for office. Uh, You know, she didn't see enough people like her in North Carolina state legislature. And I think that knowing that she can do it will inspire others to do it. Do you want to say anything about your mom? Mommy. In two weeks, we are back with a story you will not want to miss. It's the sexy version of the American dream. We're going to Nevada to find out what it's like to be a working mom when your office is a brothel. Thanks so much for listening to The Double Shift. Make sure you're subscribed to hear our future shows. And if you like what you heard, please leave us a review on your podcast app. To see photos of Ashton and her family, follow us on Instagram at The Double Shift. Our Instagram is becoming a lively hotbed of feminist conversation about motherhood. And if you are a big Instagrammer, join us. Please post about us and tag us and spread the word about the show to your friends. Oh, and definitely sign up for our newsletter at thedoubleshift.com for behind-the-scenes stories and photos. Our executive producer is Sarah Ventry. Our editor is Rachel McCarthy. Our editorial advisor is Amy Westervelt. Production assistance from Asal Asanipur and Piper Payne at Nido Mastering. Special thanks to the Southern Documentary Fund and 88.5 WFDD in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Our music is by Travis Morrison. Our theme song is by Palehound, and we're part of the Critical Frequency Podcast Network. 
This show is made possible in part through the generous support of the Ford Foundation. I'm your host, Katherine Goldstein. Thanks for joining The Double Shift. <laughs>